This is season six of the Team Roping Journals podcast, The Score, with over 2 million downloads. This is where Team Ropers talk. Hey everyone, this is Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to The Score. Today is a special episode. It's not one of our usuals. It is an episode where I get to introduce you to Taylor Vollen, who is our new digital editor over here at the Team Roping Journal. Taylor has been with us for, as we'll talk about in the interview, almost two months now, and she's going to be taking over some of the podcasting responsibilities. She will be doing the short score every week with lots of roping updates and and interviews with the guys that she talks to for stories that she's writing throughout the week. And then she will also be dropping you a roping tip every Saturday brought to you by roping.com like we did last year. We've been a little bit behind on those and I know people miss them. They're one of our most listened to little tidbits that we do. So we will bring the roping tips back on the score now that we have Taylor on the team to do them. So uh, this is a conversation that I wanted to have with Taylor so you all get to know a little bit about who it is that is jumping into the podcast and who it is that is writing so many of the stories that you all get to read every single week over at the Team Roping Journal. All right, so this is our interview with Taylor Vaughn. Okay, Taylor. Um, Taylor is our new, what title did we give you? Are you the new? Digital editor. Digital editor. Okay, <laughs> great. This this position has had different titles over the years, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. Okay, Taylor is our new digital editor, and Taylor will be taking over episodes of the short score and episodes of roping tips, and I am sure when she is at an event, and I am not, um, she will also be recording the regular score or hopefully someday you'll just take over everything and I don't have to be important anymore. Not important as it is, but don't have to be necessary. <laughs> so Taylor, give us the background <laughs> on where you came from and how you ended up at this job. How did you get stuck with us? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Salinas, California. I was raised in a rodeo family. My dad rodeoed professionally. He rode bareback horses for a long time and now he's a judge in the PRCA actually and so me rodeoing was kind of inevitable um I like I said just been around it so long and so much and so you know I started rodeoing when I was a little girl junior junior rodeos junior high high school um college rodeo and you know I started out doing every event as most girls and kids do where they try to go for the all around at the high school rodeos and stuff but like my sophomore year, I think was when I kind of got tired of, I guess you'd call them like the speed events, like the barrels and the poles. I was like, I just don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> and I primarily, then I just, I break weight and I headed and I tied goats and that's what I did, you know, when I got to college and stuff too. But so that's kind of where my tie into like the rodeo world is definitely deep roots in it. Um, after I graduated high school, my senior year, I decided to surprise everybody and move to the other side of the country. And I went to a little junior college in Mississippi, East Mississippi Community College. And I studied communication while I was there, got my associate of arts and college rodeoed for two years. I lived with my coaches, Morgan and Wes Goodrich. They, uh, I hold them pretty high in my eyes. They're pretty good people, but getting off track. No, that's <laughs> um, good. When I graduated from there, I decided I wanted to stay out 
you know, down south. And I also kind of decided to take a break from competing. I wanted to just kind of experience college as a kid, which I never saw myself doing because I loved rodeoing so much and everything about it. Some might say I was throwing my sucker in the dirt too. I just kind of needed a mental <laughs> break. I'm not going to lie. Sophomore year was rough. But um, yeah, so I just went to college. I went to Mississippi State University and got my bachelor's in agricultural communications uh, with a minor in print digital journalism. And when I was in Starkville, that's really kind of where I got to put my degree to use. I did quite a few short-term internships, you know, like event-based, like working at the NFR and the American a couple of times. And then I also worked for my college's, my ag, uh, the College of Ag and Life Sciences as a student writer and a social media intern. And so, you know, not college radio and ended up being a blessing because I got a lot of a lot of work experience that, you know, brought me to where I am today, I would say. And then I now live in Marshall, Missouri. Life after graduating in 2021, life and a boyfriend brought me to the Midwest. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've been with you guys for what, month and a half now? Month and a half. I think, did you start, you started March 6th, which was mm-hmm. also the day of, first day of my first vacation in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I will remember <laughs> that day is a, is a great day for me. Um, now, tell me, so what, okay, kind of rewind, because I had like 15 questions while you were talking. <laughs> um, so first of all, your dad is a judge. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. How how did you go to a lot of rodeos with him in California, and or where does he judge? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, he judges a lot on the West Coast. Um, you know, it's kind of funny actually. Was it twenty twenty one? I think for some reason over the summer he had like a handful of Utah and Oregon rodeos for some reason, which Oregon makes sense. He was not complaining about either of those, but like Ogden and. Gosh, I can't think of what the other one was. It doesn't matter. But yeah, primarily like the West Coast, staying over there. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't say I went to a lot of rodeos with him judging as a kid. I think now I go with him more often. Like I use that as an excuse to go home. Like last summer he judged Reno. And so I said, well, that's a, I want to go to Reno. Like that's going to be fun. And so I spent the week with him. But, you know, I know judges get a lot of, I mean, they're under fire a lot. And it's, you know, it's it happens. It's life. It's part of being in a, in a sport, but I love him being a judge. Like it is just so fun. I mean, judges gossip, I hate to say it, but they do. So I get to hear some of the best stories. And I mean, a lot of his friends that he judges with have become like family to us. And so I have no complaints over him being a judge and it's fun to hear his stories. You know, he, I think he missed rodeoing and stuff. And so getting to be, he never really left the industry if that makes sense, but I think he's definitely, he's the happiest I've seen him, I would say, him getting a judge. Because he's now like an A judge, so he goes a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. But Yeah, if he judged Reno, that's the, you know, that's one of the top tier ones. So that yeah, makes sense. That one was fun. I have no complaints. I wish he'd get it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so why Mississippi then? Why did you go across the country? Most people like go west for college I guess I'm from the east coast so everybody wants to go west for college why mm-hmm. did you want to go east far yeah, well, east you know and to make it worse you know I caused a lot of drama I will say my dad might not be happy about me throwing that out there but I did because I got into some pretty good schools back home like Cal mm-hmm. Poly and Fresno which is probably horrible of me to admit but you know I just I don't know what it was my senior year I just wanted to get out I don't it was nothing against my family or my friends but I think I just kind of wanted a change of scenery, a change of pace. You know, I'd rodeoed with the same kids forever and 
no offense to them, but just, you know, new faces, something different. And the coaches at EMCC are really good family friends. My dad grew up with um, Wes, the husband. My mom even knew him in college, and she didn't even rodeo. Um, And so they come out every summer for like a month when their daughter, Shadow, who's like five years younger than me, when she was a little girl, they'd come out for even longer. But they've always kind of, it started out as a joke of like, oh, you should come rodeo for us. You should come rodeo for us. And it was, like I said, it was kind of a joke. Well, senior year, I just got the itch to go, to leave. And I was like, you know who would probably take me in? (laughs) The Goodriches. And so they offered me a scholarship. And yeah, I just kind of decided to go on a whim. Very good. Um, And so did you team rope in college too or just breakaway? Yeah, I had it a little bit. Um, you know, I break breakaway was my focus, that and the goat time. But my my coaches are hardcore team ropers, especially her husband Wes. And so there was no escaping that. The fact that I knew how to swing a head rope and enjoyed it <laughs> even if I didn't want to, Wes was not gonna let me not enter. I don't know that it did us any good. <laughs> but very good. So now talk about your degree. Like what was I can think of some of my favorite classes in college, and that was 13 years ago. What were some of your favorite areas of study? Definitely journalism. Any of my journalism classes were great. Um, Mm -hmm. My intro to journalism class, I had a teacher that, or professor, um, that was actually kind of intimidating. I was so scared of him, but he was so cool and just so straight to the point. Like, there was no BSing, you know what I mean? And I appreciated that, and I feel like that gave me a good basis on knowing how to write well. And then actually my senior, my last year of college, his journalism ethics class, another one that I was like, oh my God, I have to take this. And it was so fun and so cool getting to like, just hear things that you never knew and like putting it to practice and like thinking about, okay, am I doing things in an ethical way, in a right way? Um, I also took a lot of broadcast, like television broadcast classes, and I loved those. Those were so good. Maybe you can help me with my vocal fry. (laughs) They tell me that I have on this podcast. If you've done some broadcast, no broadcast classes here. None. (laughs) I don't know that it helped because I mumble so bad. My sister gets after me all the time, but they were just so fun because it was something I, you know, I feel like you watch people on TV and like reporters and anchors and you're like, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And actually during an internship, the woman I was working under was like, you're going to do our Facebook live. And I was like, Oh, I have to be in front of a camera. That's terrifying. But I loved it. I enjoyed every minute of it. And so when I had the opportunity, you know, calms, you get to kind of go into take whatever classes you want, study the different fields. I took those classes and just enjoyed everything about it. It was, it was cool. If I didn't work for you guys, (laughs) that's what I would be doing probably. (laughs) But this was my dream job. So I'm perfectly content. I remember when we interviewed you, one thing you said was like that you're like, oh, no, I'm I'm planning to get this job. I'm I'm planning that this is going to be my next job. Like I was like, oh, that is awesome. You just called your shot. And I mean, Gabby and I were like, yeah, it is going to be your next job. Like You're right, because we were pretty convinced by that point. By the time we talked to you, um, talk about why you want to do this job. You know, a lot of it, I think, has to go back with to my background you know um like I said I just am so enthralled by the way of life we live and stuff not even just competing but just the people you meet I mean it's I there's so much I could say that I won't even get into it all but you know I remember growing up reading like the Spindlewind magazines which this is so embarrassing I don't even know why I'm 
saying this on this but like I didn't like magazines like themselves for some reason I don't know it was weird but so I remember reading them online you know I'm in that age that <laughs> generation where we oh read a lot God. of magazines online <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um but I remember reading like the articles and stuff and just thinking and at that time I didn't even know that I wanted to write you know I for some reason that I wanted to do medicine and thank God I changed my my <laughs> mind but um Reading the your bank and- account is not going to thank you in 20 years <laughs> that you changed your mind, just so you know. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> the heads up. Yep. <laughs> um, but I'd read these articles and it was like people you look up to, you know, your idols and like these big name guys and, you know, female ropers and stuff. And it just felt like I knew them. Like it felt like mm-hmm. I could go up to them at a rope and a rodeo and talk to them, which I was too shy to ever do at the time. But and it also made their accomplishments, it seemed like a bigger deal, but also something I myself could accomplish if I wanted to. And I just always had that in the back of my mind. Like every time I'd see something by y'all that that was, you know, that was the thing, the thought that I had about you guys. And so when, gosh, I was a kind of my way into wanting to write, I guess, kind of going on a tangent. My like junior year of high school, like I said, I didn't even know what I wanted to do at that point. And we had these insane senior projects that, I mean, we started my junior year, like I said, because they were crazy research projects. And I did one on kind of the future of like the Western industry, not just rodeo, but like ranching and ag. I tied it all together because I think we are pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a tight unit. And growing up on the West Coast, you know, where we deal with like animal rights activists and things other states probably haven't had to worry about just yet it was always you know preached to me that people don't understand why we do what we do why we love the sport and the way of life and so you have to be careful about how you tell other people about it and how you advocate for it and I always knew that but it wasn't until I was presenting this 13 page research paper to, to a panel of judges that had no clue about cattle rodeo none of it and as they're asking me these questions, it was like the light bulb went off. I was like, huh, this is what my dad and my mentors have been telling me about for years. And I was like, you know, I think I want to be an advocate. I want to be one that kind of shows other people why it's such a great way of life to, you know, be a part of, be compete in and just, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of, I always liked to write. I didn't know that I like had a passion for it, but it was the two connected then. I was like, advocate, <laughs> I like writing. I like what you guys do and so it was always kind of in the back of my mind that like the end goal would to be would be to probably you know be working alongside you guys the writers that I always looked up to oh thank you <laughs> I'm sure it was mostly Kendra though especially being from the being from the west coast I I cannot blame you if uh yeah. that Kendra was your hero that makes a lot of sense oh, for uh, sure but you were in there too don't worry oh yeah uh thank you for reminding me that I am now old enough that you were growing up and I may, or may not have been your hero if you would have just said that Kendra was your hero that would have been just fine um, um so okay it's been almost two months that you've been here what do listeners maybe not know about what it's like to work at the Team Open Journal? It is, I mean, full force 24-7, I feel like. Like, I didn't realize, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think people <laughs> people see, like, the social media presence, you know, and they think that it's just, oh, I'm going to get up and post something on social media. And, like, sometimes it is kind of that. Like, if I'm just being honest, you know, it's like, crap, I need to get something online, um, which sounds horrible. Don't judge me for that. It's true, but it's true. it is it's like I mean it's thought provoking people don't think social media is I feel like and 
um, you know, it's just a lot of taking the time out of your day to kind of think of, okay, what hasn't been posted in a while? What do people need to hear? Keeping up to date with what's going on. That's another thing I don't think people realize. I mean, maybe they do, like since you've been in the industry for so long and in this position, the wealth of knowledge that you have to have, like, especially you, like I'm every single day when you tell me like, Hey, so-and-so is riding a different horse. Make sure to include that. I'm like, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Like just the wealth of knowledge you have to have is Scary, insane. Weird, wasted and ma- no. wasted space in my brain. <laughs> Sometimes. But I only, th- the amount of information like that is only useful in one job. That's why I will be here for the rest of my life. No, I get it. But it's I true think, though. Yeah. 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 That's something Our team people spends, don't understand. Yeah, I don't think anybody understands like how how hard we try. <laughs> Sounds pathetic, <laughs> but like we are in constant communication from the time we wake up in the morning mm-hmm. till the time we go to bed, like just making sure that everything's handled and we're not missing anything. And I don't uh when I started it's funny. Well, when I started, I remember the rodeos that like Bob used to cover and Kendra used to cover. Yep. Yeah. And it would be, there was nothing covered online unless I was making like a Facebook post, a rudimentary Facebook <laughs> post back in 2010. Um, it would be, you know, the magazine, we would write about those rodeos in the magazine once a month. So mm-hmm. the coverage of the rodeos would come out two months after. Yeah actually happen now people watch it live on the cowboy channel and when we get a story up the next day we have to be different enough from just the play-by-play of it for to make it interesting so mm-hmm. it's certainly since you were a kid reading about it and spin to win <laughs> it was it's changed a lot oh i bet yeah yeah certainly changed a lot Today's episode of The Score is brought to you by the Seen Through Horses campaign. One in four people experience mental health issues each year. This spring, you can help support mental health awareness and support nonprofit organizations changing lives through horses by joining the second annual Seen Through Horses campaign. Join us May 1st through 31st, 2023, during Mental Health Awareness Month for the Seen Through Horses campaign, and together we can make a much-needed difference for mental health globally. To learn more, visit horsesformentalhealth.org. That's horsesformentalhealth.org. Your dad's a judge, Mm -hmm. and... There will be times, I mean, we've written about crossfire calls and um, appeals and all kinds of things. How do you plan to cover that kind of stuff? You know, thankfully, my dad is very, what's the word? I I mean, I think he's the coolest guy out there, but my dad is facts are facts. You messed up, you messed up. Like, he's not one that, say it's him that makes a bad call. Like, feelings are almost detached, if that makes sense. Like... I don't, I don't know how to really describe it. Like it's, you messed up. Okay. You messed up, like take ownership of it. So at least I'm around a judge that's very much, you know, it is what it is. And I think just kind of trying to remember that at the end of the day, it's telling the story for what it is, telling the truth. That's kind of the way that I plan to go about it. If I am that like feelings do need to be detached at times, you know, and thankfully, like I said, like I have a dad that's not going to get offended if I have to say, hopefully I never have to say something about him, but (laughs) you know, if I do have to talk about the judges making, you know, a wrong call or a tough call, like my dad is going to understand, you know, he 
we have this conversation a lot actually um and i might be again going off on tangents i ramble a lot i will say you're good um we have a conversation about how rodeo is so different from other major sports if you think about it because if an official was to make a bad call in the nfl he would be talked about probably that same night on espn you know what i mean like you are under scrutiny in professional sports with every decision you make pretty much and in rodeo like not that people need to be under fire 24 7 but there is kind of a little bit of a a blanket almost I guess you could say you know where we kind of I hate to say baby because that's not the word I would use but we're a little bit softer where people make mistakes and we don't really talk about it and I don't I mean teach their own whether they want to say that's good or bad but we have that conversation a lot where my dad's like you know we have to be tough like that's just part of the job you know people are going to not agree with our calls and it sucks you never want to make the wrong call because you know for him he rodeoed professionally he knows what it's like to be screwed I mean (laughs) he never wants to take money from away from the right person but yeah the whole being under fire and having other people people having other opinions and stuff it's not going to be an issue if that makes any sense well you know it it, no it does and I would say that one thing I I grew up with a or I went to college with a really traditional journalistic background um, with the hopes of of being an investigative reporter and um, you know journalism ethics we learned a lot of hardcore ethics that uh, don't I'm pretty firm on when we're doing stories that require um, strong investigative skills Mm -hmm. I I want us to do great journalism at all times Um, but at the same time, this is a very small industry. We're yeah. not the we're not the NFL where there's thousands mm-hmm. of reporters that are trying to cover it on any given day. There's just a couple of us mm-hmm. and there's just a couple of judges and there's, you know, the leadership of the PRCA and yeah. there's the top 15 in the world, essentially. So we have to walk a line all the time. And I Honestly, I I had an awesome first boss in Bob Welch who always did the right thing. I know he would say he didn't, but like he was very clear and like he lived in his values. And so just being intentional about trying to do what is right and what is fair and do a good job, I think we're we've always been fine that way because Bob Mm -hmm. set that precedent and Kendra set that precedent first. And we try to keep ourselves out of trouble doing a good job, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're trying to screw anybody ever. Mm-hmm. You're just always trying to tell the truth. And yeah. Um. Okay. So are you going to get to rope at all? I know we're busy, but, uh, and I know you stepped away from competing, but are you back at all? I, you know, on and off when I was finishing up my bachelor's and I'd go home for the summer, I would, you know, jackpot or inner amateur rodeos every now and then. Um. One summer, I feel like I like got back in the swing of it, like I don't want to say full time, but like I used to be, I would love to, I really, really want to, I feel like the only thing and you know, excuses, I don't even have my horse out here right now. Like it's, Mm. which I date a calf roper. So I have, I definitely have nice horses I could be riding and should be because he's very supportive and wants me to rope. But yeah, hopefully you'll, I'll be entering more this year. Mm -hmm. would be nice to get to enter again. Yeah. Let me know how that works out for you. (laughs) Me too. I hope so too. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope we do. If we now, there's enough of us. We have a big team now compared to when it was just me and Caitlin and and Gabby part time. Now we've got a big team. We all kind of tag in and help each other. So yeah. okay, is there anybody 
give me your who was your first interview do you remember who the first first team you interviewed was well there was like my trial story remember oh yeah Yeah, that one I want to talk about that because (laughs) I don't think I ever told you the full story on why Uh I picked that so so okay so for anybody who doesn't or you of course nobody knows Taylor (laughs) when we were interviewing her we had her write a story on the arena records at the timed event and she had to figure out what they were and you found that out from lane tiltram probably or somebody yep. at the lazy yeah, he was so great yeah lane is great he's he's a important uh element of everything we do here too um so you had to find out what those were and then you had to call the record holders and i didn't give you any of their numbers i don't think no um mm-hmm. And I was too scared okay. to ask. I was like, I have That's to do hilarious. this on my own. It was on purpose. <laughs> yes, that was on purpose. So tell me, tell me who they were and how that, how you found that story or how you did that story. Yeah, it was, oh gosh. Well, the steer wrestling was a little difficult. Thankfully, you gave me advice on that one because that one was Leo Camarillo. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just used, I think you told me just to use a quote that Kendra had used when he passed. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah. It was an old quote. Yeah. Um, actually, though, I think I think it was that year. That run is on YouTube, so I was able to watch it. So that was kind of helpful in like, getting the feel for how badass that was. And it's just if mm. you know anything about Leo, the fact that he holds that record is cool. But again, getting off topic, um, Kate swore in the calf roping. Scott Sneedeker, I can't say his name hardly very well, which is embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> the tripper. You're good. <laughs> the tripping. And then spencer mitchell and jade corkle on the in the team rope not together of course obviously but yeah um who was the hardest to get a hold of out of that group i get i i have my guess who was the honestly they were all easy um i started off with yeah i was shocked um i was nervous Mm -hmm. i had to give myself a pep talk before every single one of them (laughs) but i didn't know the best way to go about it like i didn't know you know, like I said, I wrote in college, but it was talking to professors. So it was very scheduled, like emails. When it comes to calling and texting, I didn't know at the time, like how you guys did it. So I think I actually like cold called Cade Swore and Scott. And so nice. they both answered the very first time and they were so nice. Poor Cade was, I think, like welding fence. And he was like, hang on, let me tell somebody to turn that machine off. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, Jade was hard, but not to his fault. It was... I kept getting like people that I'd asked for phone numbers. They were old phone numbers. So I think I had like two oh, yeah. different people that I texted. They're like, who is Jade? And I'm like, oh God. But yeah, him and Spencer were both easy too. You know, Spencer's from California. Not that I like know Spencer, but my dad knows him pretty well. So that one was pretty easy. Um, yeah. Jade was a cool one for me. This is kind of a backstory. So, and it could also go on to a tangent. My family and I, lost our house to a fire my junior year of high school back in 2015 and we didn't even know Jade like I still wouldn't even I wouldn't be able to go up to him in person and say hey you know what I mean because like he wouldn't know who I was but my dad kind of knew him from judging and stuff and Jade very quietly like it's not like anybody hardly knows it but Jade had I think it was cinch he worked with cinch to have like 200 items of clothing or something like that maybe that's That's an exaggeration but a crap Mm -hmm. ton of clothes donated to us within like a couple of days and it was kind of one of those like 
I don't want to say life changing, but it's something we'll talk about till we die. You know what I mean? Like that was mm-hmm. this guy that barely knew us, had no clue, just decided to use a spot, you know, donate all this clothes to us. And so it was kind of a cool full circle moment for me. And I brought it up to him like, you have probably no clue who I am, but I think very <laughs> highly of you and thank you forever for what you did to us. But so that oh, story ended up meaning awesome. a lot to me that I got mm-hmm. to, you know, finally talk to him and thank him for what he did. Yeah. Well, that is special because so I'm not going to lie when I when I I had that idea and I was like, okay, we need somebody really good for this job. We need somebody who knows how to use their resources. So that was kind of like the perfect story because you were going to have to figure out all those phone numbers. Mm -hmm. You have to get get a hold of all those guys. And when I looked at the list of guys, I'm like, this isn't the easiest list of guys to get to call you back, (laughs) to get to answer the phone to begin with. So complete props to you that you got those guys to answer. Thank very you. impressive you know I was stoked when you gave me the assignment one just to have the assignment but two it was such a co- I thought it was a cool story you know and it was funny though I was so excited for like five ten minutes and then I was so negative I was like there's no way there's no way I'm gonna get a hold of all of these guys and I think it was Roy my boyfriend I think I was with him and he was like do you hear yourself like no that's not the way you think about this like you have got to be positive positive." <laughs> You're going to handle it. And you gave me like an entire weekend. So you, I don't think you set me up for success. I feel like on that part. That's but. awesome that you feel that way because I, I like things, you know how we are. We try mm-hmm. to turn stories around as fast as we can. Lillian's at the U S finals this mm-hmm. week, writing three stories a day. She's got her stories filed within an hour of the, of talking to the roping winners. So we operate really fast, but that's a very hard adjustment for people mm-hmm. to make. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I was very impressed. That was, I mean, as soon as we got it back, I was like, okay, let's get her hired. She needs to start now. So we were stoked about that. Is there anybody you haven't written about yet or haven't talked to or interviewed that you want to? You can have my task. If it's on my task list, you can have it. Um, but who who do you want to talk to that you haven't got to yet? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. I don't know, Chelsea. I don't know. That I have a specific person, partially because it still feels like a whirlwind. You know what I mean? Like some days I have to like mm-hmm. I know it's cheesy, but like pinch myself and be like, "You're legitimately doing this. <laughs> like this is your life now. Thank God it is." But I don't know that I've had a moment to be like to set a list of the people that I've wanted to. I will say though, I did get to talk to Derek and Coulter. Was it last week? Yeah, that, that was, one was. I knew cool. that was. I was gonna assume that that was that's like yeah. everybody's answer, which is deserved like they deserve that they are the best Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah that was fun and then well my first like actual story you know once I got hired was Ren and Jeremy and that one was fun those were two good ones to kind of talk about Houston that was a little intimidating but those two made it easy for sure (laughs) Jeremy Jeremy makes it very I mean Ren's fine no sorry Ren Ren's great um but Jeremy is like he's like talking to Buddha (laughs) like he's like the cowboy Buddha so I love talking to Jeremy so that uh I'm I'm glad you're I didn't realize that was your first story Mm -hmm. I didn't remember that was your first story that's good well, and what's your travel schedule like? Where are people going to know that, like, you're going to be physically at writing stories from without no stalkers or anything? Not like weird, <laughs> like, nobody go look you up, but I don't know where, what's on your agenda? <laughs> um, I go to Corpus Christi next for the WCRA in May. And where do we have me going after that? I'll be at the college finals. We talked about maybe me 
the college finals. Yeah. And yeah. then you're going to be at the NFR Open mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And then I'll go home and for Salinas. Yes, so and Salinas. Yeah. And then there will be lots of video shoots at people's houses. Yeah. Those I'm are the, to that. Yeah. Those are the things that I am excited about, which I love doing those too, but I've done lots of them. And my child would like me to be a good junior rodeo <laughs> mom this summer. Oh. So I'm excited for you to get to do some video shoots yeah. um, in the next couple months. So we'll figure those out. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you so much for listening to The Score this week. We will be back here next week. Taylor will be here with the short score and a roping tips episode. And then I will be back on May 11th with a regular episode of The Score. 